How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Welcome back to Locked on NBA, part two of the Mike Schmitz interview. Draft Express video breakdown are extraordinary. I hope you heard part one. It was just incredible. We did players one through eight in the draft, and now this is the bigger mosh pit of guys that are hanging around from nine to 30. We'll try to get through as many as we can, break it down, look at it in different ways. Really appreciate the excessive amount of time that Mike gave us. Send him a note on Twitter if you can, at Mike Schmitz, and uh, thank him very much for the time. Today's edition is brought to you by the Utah MBA online program. The University of Utah's MBA online program. Check them out at utahmbaonline.com. It's an MBA online program that gives you the same MBA degree and diploma as on-campus MBA students. U.S. News and World Report has ranked the University of Utah program top 10 online MBA program in the West. Visit utahmbaonline.com. Here's part two. We start with Jakob Pertl, the Utah Center. Uh, Jakob Pertl, 7'1", 239, uh, 20 and a half years old. Uh, what makes you say wow about him as an MBA player? I think just his fluidity at that size um, moves really, really well, running the floor, uh, diving out of ball screens. You just don't see a lot of guys his size um, who can move like that. He's able to cover ground defensively. Uh, and, you know, he has really good hands and, and you know, solid touch around the rim. Um, and he kind of, you know, he stays in his lane. He's he's safe. He's a safe pick to me. Um but there are definitely some limitations in terms of, you know, how good of a rim protector is he? Um, how tough is he is, is the biggest question for me. So I put him in a high pick and roll because that's the first thing that's going to happen to him. The first day he checks in, the first play, high pick and roll, what happens to him? He's okay. He's okay. I, I actually think that's a strength of it. Um, just with the way he's able to move, uh, you know, he's not – Draymond Green switch everything, get up into you. But for a seven-one guy, he's a good pick and roll defender. I don't think that's that's a weakness at all. I think they did switch quite a bit this year, and he's he's not. I mean, he's you're going to get by him, but he has pretty good recovery speed. I think he blocked quite a few shots that way. Um, so I, I don't think that's an issue for him at all. I think that's actually more of a strength than a weakness. Uh, I'm going to run the offense through the elbow, bigs coming up on the elbow, so many teams do it. Uh, can he pass? He can pass. He can pass. Um, I think, you know, with a little bit more freedom even, you're going to see him, uh, you know, he's, he's able to DHO. Uh, you know, he, he's able to kind of put it on the deck a little bit. He did that more than you would expect um, this year, you know, with tr- traditional centers guarding him. I think he was able to, uh, you know, catch some defenses sleeping that way. So that's that's a positive for him as well. It's, it's it's more so just how physically tough is he, and he doesn't have a ton of upside as a, as a scorer. You know, I'm just watching the playoffs. My big thing is you got to have five guys that can pass. Everyone's killing right. Everyone's killing Oklahoma City for their one on one. They had three non passers on the floor. If Westbrook and Durant give up the ball, they're not going to get it back. Right. I, right. 
That's a big one to me. Uh, let's go to uh, Scal- uh No, let's go to uh, Henry Ellison. Marquette, a little younger, 19 and a half, 6'11", 242. You watch him, and what says NBA to you? I think he has a very projectable shot. It's He shot less than 30% from three this year, but um, you can see him, you know, becoming a guy who's, He's going to make shots, you know, at least kill mid-range areas. Uh, I think it'll take him some time to make threes consistently, but he's very, very skilled offensively. He can put it on the floor. Uh, he's kind of a grab-and-go guy, um, and he's got some pretty good instincts on the defensive glass. Uh, so he, he's very, very skilled. Um, he's just – he's not a great athlete. I mean, this, so this kid was over 250 pounds, um, you know, three, four years ago. And to me, guys who are heavy at one point, your feet are still heavy. You know, you can shed all that weight, but he's just not very fleet of foot. And so I think, one, he's he's almost a negative defensively to me. Um, and two, in terms of creating shots in the half court, you know, if you let him operate from the mid post, he can jab and make face-ups. Um, but I think getting by you and, and creating, you know, a high percentage shot, uh, it's it's a little tough for him. I had a text from a scout I'll read to you. He sh- shot that looks good but doesn't go in, and that worries me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, a comparison in, in that regard, I think, that you're obviously familiar with is Trey Lyles. Um, you know, Trey Lyles didn't really make a ton of shots at Kentucky. I mean, you could tell, okay, you know, he has nice touch and he moves so well, but he didn't make a ton of shots and you know, the, the sample size is small, but here's a guy who made 39% of his threes, you know, at the NBA level. So um, I think when he's able to just focus on, on basketball and put in more reps, he's going to have some success, but no question. He's not a lights out shooter. He's kind of a skilled guy who's maybe, maybe like not quite skilled enough to make up for some of his other deficiencies. Well, I'll tell you why Trey Lyles shot that way. Every time I walked in the gym last year, he was already in the gym shooting. Yeah, every every day. Right. So that's what happens. That's through top the top ten projected on the Draft Express mock draft uh, with Mike Schmitz. Get him on Twitter. He's just terrific. Uh, let's continue. Uh, Scal Labassier, seven feet two sixteen. He's out of Haiti. It's an incredible story. He lost his house and his school, and the earthquake, and a a kind of family moved him to the U.S., and there's some kind of bizarre elements to that, but he played at Kentucky. He did almost nothing. He averaged seven points, three rebounds, and NBA scouts are drooling over him. Why? (laughs) I think it started at the Nike Hoop Summit. Um, He was the best player on both teams, and in practice, it really wasn't close. Um, He is so skilled. I mean, if you put him in a one-on-one workout, you think he's the best player in the draft. Uh, just because of the way he moves and the way he shoots the ball. Tremendous touch, right hand, left hand. He's a good athlete. Um, so, he, I mean, his skill level is very, very high as a scorer. Uh, just toughness, basketball instincts, uh, confidence, you know, and the fact that he's 216 at age 20, you know, all that uh, major concern with the lack of productivity. So he, I, I, I don't know. I mean, he could go so many different ways. You know, if he's if he gets in the right situation with a D League team, a team that believes in him, um, helps him kind of grow at his own pace. 
you know, you might see those skills really come together, but it's a big question. The uh, I'm going to sh- personal uh, tell me if it compares at all. So the size of the size when they drafted Sayer Sene, uh, Mohamed Sene, and he was this seven foot tall kid with this incredible skill set. He had not really done a lot of playing, and what to me struck me the whole flaw in the whole system was you take this kid out of abject poverty. I mean, not, not we're not talking we're talking poverty that I I'm not entirely sure we understand the United States right uh, from the Af- right. from Africa where he was from, and you give him. $3 million and say, by the way, here's $3 million. Now go develop your game. It's, it seems like a flawed concept. Is there any, yeah. is that a concern at all with Scalabossier coming from Haiti and, and just this idea that you're going to give him three, $4 million and say, now go develop. I don't think so with him. I think he, first of all, he's a tremendous kid. He's one of the nicest kids in the world. And I think it's almost a fault. Um, he's too nice. You know, you can see on the floor, you wish he had a little more edge to him. Um, but he's a tremendous worker from everything I've heard from, you know, the Kentucky guys. I mean, he was putting in the work, no question. Um, it's just the mental aspect of things for him is, is really the biggest question, you know, is, is he going to be able to think the game quickly enough? Does he have enough confidence in himself? Is he going to let, you know, that pass he bobbled in the first quarter, affect him for the next two games, you know. Um, he's, he's not exactly a next play type of guy. Uh, but, again, like, you don't find kids with this skill set, and I think that's going to, at his size, and I think that's going to, you know, make him still a lottery pick. Uh, it's just situational and, you know, gaining confidence, gaining physical strength, and it, it's, it's going to be really interesting to watch uh, how he pans out. It's interesting. I've heard motor questions on him, but I, maybe what you're saying is the motor questions are based on a sensitivity and a niceness, not just a lack of work. Uh, Absolutely. I think, I mean, this is a kid who is such, you know, obviously you know his background, um, and I don't think Coach Calipari has ever – you know, coached a kid like him. I think he's so used to these entitled AAU guys who have really been coddled and, and need to be broken down a little bit. Um, whereas Scal more so needs somebody to believe in him. And I think it took a while to, to grasp that. Um, and a lot of that is on Scal. You know, you can't have your coach cater to you every step of the way. But I think you know, they could have done a little bit better job with him in terms of how you use him as a player and dealing with him as a person. Great breakdown so far from Mike Schmitz. Let's talk about our sponsor today, Utah MBA Online Program. The University of Utah's MBA Online Program. Life's busy. You've got a family. You're traveling for work. You have a career with a changing schedule, and you want more. You want to take your family to another level. The MBA program online allows you to do that. You get a world-class MBA anytime, anywhere, and the program is specifically designed for working professionals seeking an innovative online MBA with high-level flexibility. You earn the same MBA diploma as the on-campus MBA students. Did you hear me? You earn the same MBA degree as the online, online as you do as the on-campus MBA students, and it's one of the top 10 online MBA programs in the West, the University of Utah's MBA online program, and they do everything to make it 
for you. They customize the programs with online delivery, studio recorded lectures, weekly deliverables, time to talk with professors to live webinars, so you get the same experience. Plus, that highly selective program that is the University of Utah provides you with the network opportunities with classmates through an on-campus three-day residency and group projects. There are th- They start in the fall of 2006, also start in February, May, and August. No prerequisites required. Check it out today. Call Utah MBA online at 801-587-8870. That's 801-587-8870 and utahmbaonline.com. Uh, we've stayed away from these type of questions, and we, and we probably will, but I think it's interesting with Labassier. Uh, what, at what point in the draft do you feel, if you're a general manager, you have no choice, but you have to take him? I think if you know, 14. I think if he falls there, I, I draft him all day long. Okay. Wade Baldwin, uh, out of Vanderbilt, 6'4", 200. Uh, I've done a draft video breakdown of him as well. Uh, Mike's got all his up at Draft Express, so I won't promote myself. Um, I, I have millions of thoughts, but what is the skill that makes you say, wow? Uh, for him, mostly it's his physical tools. Um, the fact that he's six four with a nice frame and an almost seven foot wingspan. Uh, I think defensively, he's going to be able to step in right away and, and have an impact. Um, yeah, I think he can guard ones. I think he can guard twos. I think he's a competitive kid. Um, for the most part. Uh, and he shot the ball well from three, you know, statistically, I, I'm not sure he's quite that level of a shooter. Um, but you know, he's got size, he's got length. He's going to be able to defend multiple positions and he's going to make spot threes at, at a solid clip. Um, but he's not quite a point guard yet. I think he has some vision. Uh, I think more so in terms of breaking guys down, uh, is where he struggles because he's he doesn't really change speeds or direct. He, he plays very upright, um, and, and I think that hurts him at the point guard position. And then I think just making the right play all the time. You know, he's always kind of been a high turnover guy, um, so he he has some polishing to do, no question. But when he goes downhill, it's awesome. It is awesome. You're right. It is. Yeah, I mean, he. It's funny because he he doesn't look very explosive in the half court, right? Because he doesn't always get by you mostly because he's, he plays upright and, you know, he's not like an elite ball handler, but when he gets in space and he gets downhill, you know, with those strides and that length, uh, like when I saw him work out in Chicago, you know, there's obviously there's no defense and it's, you know, these agents want to make these guys look good. But I was like, man, I didn't know he had that type of bounce because he really struggled at the rim all season long. I'll put it this way. The Jazz have Dante Exum, Rodney Hood, Gordon Hayward, Alec Burks, and if he's on the board at 12, I take him. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I, I think the things, all the things we're talking about with him are teachable. No now, question. Now, the only question, I'll be honest, I have two questions on him. One is I watched him wanting more. I always every game I, I I kept watching. Like I try to get my things done much shorter version. Of you. I don't have as much time. And I – but I kept watching more games because I wanted more. There was something missing. And then the take the other one is I never saw him talk to his teammates. Yeah, I, uh, you know, he, I, I was at the SEC tournament and um, I've been, I'm one of the bigger Wade Baldwin, you know, supporters. I'm with you. I think he, he's in my top 10 personally. Um, and yeah, I sat right behind their bench because I wanted to get, you know, a better feel for him as a guy because, you know, some people say he's got some stuff to him, whatever. And uh, he was getting into guys, like 
getting into, you know, Damian Jones was almost like his whooping boy in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, some guys responded, some guys didn't. Uh, but he has a fire and passion to him that I like. And so I, I think he's he has some some traits there. It's just maybe not always taken the right way. De, uh, Deontay Davis, 19 and a half, 6'11", 237. Um, actually kind of similar to Marquise Chris in some ways, just body-wise and age. Out of Michigan State, uh, what's your, what, when you watch him, what makes you say NBA? Uh, his physical profile, very impressive. Um, and he's very, very fluid. Everything he does is so easy. Um, he has, you know, some sneaky touch to him. Uh, he didn't, you know, play much outside the paint this year, but he has some touch. He has good hands. He's just, while everything is so easy for him, he is very slow motion in a lot of the things he does. Uh, he doesn't have a high sense of urgency. Um, his, his motor is, is questionable. Um, and, you know, there are some questions about, I think, his work ethic as well. Uh, but he's, a, I mean, this kid was 212 pounds, you know, not that long ago. I mean, he's legit, almost 240, big body, can move with length. Um, he's just, I don't know, he, he's a guy who leaves you wanting more as well, just in terms of motor um, and, and playing with some edge. How do you tell when you look at these guys, because on some of these guys, they're so skilled, they've never had to play hard. Right. Or they're, um, or or to the other level, there's guys that look like they're not playing hard. Like, I thought this is what I felt on Ben Simmons. He looks like he's not playing hard. It might be because his body just moves so awesomely that you can't even tell that he's exerting effort for it to move, whereas the mere mortal needs to move. Where does Davis on that scale that he just might have been so talented he never had to play hard or that he's actually going harder than it looks because his body just doesn't take that type of effort? Yeah, I mean, he's kind of always been like a sleepy guy, you know. Um, I think that... There's a phrase I never want about my player. (laughs) Right, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, he... He's just not, he's not the highest IQ guy. And I think that, you know, gets in his way and, and slows him down a little bit. And to the point of, you know, being a never had to play hard guy, I think, I mean, that, that's a hard switch to turn on, you know, As, you know, look at Julie Okafor, that guy won at every single level, um, like walked to, you know, high school uh, at Duke and he never had to play or he never had to play defense. And now it's like, okay, is that switch going to come on? That's a great point. Demetrius Jackson, Notre Dame, another 22, 21-and-a-half-year-old, older guy, 6'2", 195, out of Notre Dame. What says NBA about him? Athlete, big-time athlete, uh, strong, compact frame. Um, I mean, when he gets in the open court, he will dunk on your head off one foot, off two feet. He's not like, you know, like a lot of these small guards who need to, like, load up and, you know, get off two feet, and there's no chance they're going to use that athleticism. Like, he'll... If he gets downhill, he'll he'll bang one on you. Um, and then on top of that, he's a good. He's not an elite shooter, but he's a very good shooter who you know had some success playing off the ball as well when he was with Jerry and Grant. I think he's probably a better catch and shoot guy than he is off the dribble. Um, and he has some tenacity as an on ball uh, defender. I think he's a guy who can get up into you um, and, and speed you up a little bit. Uh, but he's you know he's a very quiet guy. Um, and I think he's not quite like a pure 
you know, floor general type of guy, and I think that hurts him uh, as a as a point guard in a lot of ways. And, he, and he's a little small. I was just going to say, six two is getting small to be a point guard now. Right. Yeah. No question. I'm I think a, that limits his, his starter potential in a lot of ways. I'm a bit. Uh, measurables matter. I, I know everybody yeah. likes to pretend otherwise. Uh, the two foot one jump thing Mike just talked about is huge. Uh, Luau out of France. Uh, he's older. He's 21 years old. He's 6'7". He's 205. Uh, he's played some decent basketball overseas. Uh, what's your take on Luau? I've actually watched both your videos on him because that's pretty much the access most people. When we get to these international guys, you're just the master because most people, <laughs> this is how they've seen him. So uh, what's, your, what's the NBA skill on Luau? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm doing an, an updated video on him now at the moment, actually. Um, physical profile and and athleticism. He's long, long strides. He's a, you know, one dribble from the three, throw it down on you guy, uh, six, seven with, you know, I think a near seven, maybe seven, one wingspan, um, can guard, you know, multiple positions. Uh, he's really improved. He's a late bloomer. Um, he didn't really play and, you know, he didn't play FIBA U18s. He didn't play U17s, U16s, just didn't make the team. Um, and so he, he's a late bloomer who's finally had some success with Megalex and the Adriatic League Bank, being able to get up and down, you know, play with the ball some. Uh, he's improved as a shooter. So I, I think the biggest thing with him is, you know, the tools, the athleticism, um, and the skill set. He shows flashes. Uh, but it's not quite there yet in terms of feel for the game, uh, reading the game at a high level, making the right decision, and he's a, he's a very streaky shooter as well. I asked uh, – I heard some murmurs – that he might be the stock in him might be dropping down a little bit. Then I asked some people recently, like if who's a guy right now, if we look at the mocks today that went on June, whatever it is that we do the draft, they will afterwards say like, what happened to him? And this was the guy that a lot of people thought said, or two people said to me, you know what? I don't think he's going to be as high as they think. Do you agree with that or not? Yeah, I think he is. Uh, I think he is sliding a bit. I think um, with, you know, it's kind of tough to evaluate some of these guys uh, that play with um, this mega team, which is an awesome team to watch, by the way, with great pink and green uniforms. But uh, <laughs> they there's so much freedom, and they're able to, you know, get up and down and do so much, which is awesome from their perspective. They develop these kids. Uh, they get some run. They get to play through mistakes. But when you shorten his role, you know, and he maybe has three minutes, you know, to really have an impact, uh, is he going to be efficient in what he does? And I, I think um, he's not an elite body either. I think, you know, with those tools, you'd want him to be able to really man up against a lot of threes, whereas I think he has more of the frame of the two. So that hurts him a little bit. Korkmaz, uh, Furkan Korkmaz, Turkey, uh, almost 19, 6, 7, 185. The release on his J is real. Uh, what makes you say NBA to him? Yeah, I mean, you said it, big-time shooter. Um, you know, can shoot it in a variety of ways. He's one of those guys who doesn't really finish with the hard follow-through. He just flops it up there and, and strokes it. Um, and he's a good athlete. You know, he I think he won uh, their league dunk contest, actually, with – I think he put on, like, a Darth Vader mask or something, something crazy. But uh, he is a good athlete who can score from, you know – over the, all over the floor, both off the catch and off the dribble, um, he's just very, very thin. And uh, I think he's always going to have a lot of challenges defensively. 
Um, and he's one of these guys who can play with the ball uh, with some creative handle stuff. But when you get up in him and you have NBA athletes up in him, I'm not sure uh, his ability to create offense translates quite as well. I thought his release was awesome. I just thought it was so quick and almost Clay Thompson-esque, I said earlier. Uh, the only thing on him, from what I hear, that contract's not easy. He's, I mean, that's a multi-million dollar buyout, and so teams are limited on what they can do. So I, it's a really interesting question of whether, if he's going to be drafted where we're talking about, if he's going to come out, if he's going to come over. Right, yeah, and I, I think he might reconsider, you know, and, and pull out. I'm not, I'm not completely sure. Um, where he is on that, but I've heard in the past like he wanted a lottery promise, or um, so we'll see in the next you know couple of days here what he decides. All right, here's a player I'm really intrigued by, uh, Demonis Sabonis, 20 years old, son of the great Arvidas. Uh, the numbers at Gonzaga were awesome: 18 points, 12 rebounds a game, and two assists. Uh, what says NBA to you on him? The motor, the motor, um, and toughness. Uh, I mean, if you just watch that one game versus Utah in the tournament, you know, he, I mean, he ate proto lunch, you know. Um, so he's a really, really tough, high-motor kid with a good feel for the game. And there's a role for him in the NBA because of those things. And he rebounded at a high level. And, um, you know, a guy who isn't really seen as having, you know, great natural touch outside of the paint, he extended his range this year. He was making jumpers. He made a few threes. So I think that helps him. Um, I, he's been kind of a tough sell for me because I'm, I struggle with just the fact that he doesn't have any length and he's not, a, you know, he doesn't get up to finish. I think he struggled quite a bit um, against teams with real length and athleticism around the rim. So to me, you know, who does he guard? And he's going to re- really have to give you some spacing. Um, but again, high motor, uh, very productive. You want him on your team. I like his passing. I like his instincts. Yep. I like his re how he feels the game. And here's what I'm doing. I'm impo- I'm superimposing Kelly Olynyk, uh, Kelly Olynyk on him. And I'll never forget being at the Jazz draft workout when Kelly Olynyk, who if we we don't remember this, did not shoot a lot of threes at Gonzaga. He played a very right. similar game to Sabonis, walked into the Jazz workout gym and started shooting their Jazz 100 three-point shooting drill and couldn't miss. And I, I, yeah. I almost wonder if Sabonis is the same. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely – there's nothing that backs that up. I don't have any reason to believe that Sabonis can shoot the three. But if he is, then he's Kelly Olenek, and then I love him. And, he's, and then in some ways I might like him more. Yeah, I think, I, I think he's a lot tougher. Domantis is a lot tougher. Whereas Olenek, I think, has a more natural stroke. Obviously, revisionist history. You know, he shot 58 up the line as a freshman. So um, he wasn't, you know, touted as an elite shooter coming out. But I think he has a more natural stroke, whereas uh, Sabonis is a little more mechanical. Denzel Valentine. All right, let's go to a guy that's been a lot of talk. Denzel Valentine. Yeah, big-time college player was obviously super, super productive. Um, you know, there's a lot to like in terms of his skill set. Uh, elite, you know, he's turned into an elite shooter, I think. Um, he, when he first got to Michigan State, that was not the case. Uh, and he's really seized the game. He has phenomenal instincts. Um, he's got a little bit of length. But, uh, you know, physically, he's not a great athlete. I think he's going to struggle defensively. 
Um, and I think he's going to struggle to get by guys, which he did at, at Michigan State. Um, I think he's really going to be more of like a passing three, shit passing, shot making three, who can, you know, play some one at times, I think, um, or at least operate as a, as a primary guy just because of his passing. Um, but I, I mean, so much of what Michigan State did ran through him, and rightfully so. Um, so I think, you know, he had he had a long leash, and, and I think some of the statistics are maybe a little inflated because of that. Um, but again, you know, he's tough. He's a big time worker, shoots it, uh, and can really pass. I think, I think he's a six, six backup point guard. Yeah. I've heard some, you know, I've heard people say like Grievous Vasquez, you know, as, as a, as a comp there. Um, I mean, he, he played point guard for them. So I don't think that's a stretch. I just think in terms of like getting by guys and, you know, playing with like being tight with his handle with, you know, guys up into him, I think will be an adjustment, but he no question has the vision for it. Well, actually, let me rephrase that a little more complimentary. I didn't mean it's, that sounded negative. Six, six backup point guard who could finish games in the right circumstances, not necessarily as the, just on the floor. Like, cause he can just be on your floor, right? He could be your right two in the right setting against the right team. You just want him on the floor. He makes, he passes, he moves the ball. Um, uh, but I, I agree with everything. All right, there's a there's a collection of of foreign players here. You're the master of them, uh, and I'm going to mispronounce all of their names. There's the Hernan Gomez. How do you pronounce Ante Zizic? Is that it? Yeah, yeah, Ante Zizic. There's Zubak, who's kind of I think the birth. There's this is the way I do them. Uh, Zizic is the stre- the kind of wiry big guy. Zubak is the burly big guy. Uh, you guys have Yablisi, uh, who's a little bit more of a wing that's a foreign guy in there. There's the Chinese kid. Which of this collection of players we're going to start hearing late in the draft jumps out to you, is more impressive, kind of has the bigger wow factor than some others? Um, it, you know, it's tough. I mean, there's I, I like a lot of these guys. One guy who, uh, you know, we're going to see here um, at Eurocamp, actually, is uh, Peter Cornelie. He's a French kid. At 6'11", maybe seven foot, um, who really, really shoots it. And, you know, he's a, he's a big time shooter who moves really well, super fluid, um, at, you know, has a lo- not long wingspan, but big reach. Uh, so he's a guy I think we might see rise a little bit. Uh, he's never been overly productive and he's very thin. Uh, he, you know, you kind of wish you'd, you'd get more from him from a production standpoint, but he fits really well in today's NBA. Um, I like Hernan Gomez as well. Uh, he's high, high motor, you know, he's with Willie Hernan Gomez's brother, obviously, and, uh, high, high motor, um, kind of a sneaky athlete who can make shots with range. Um, and I also like, uh, I like Zubats, Ivica Zubats. Um, he's, you know, has a very impressive, uh, foundational skill set, I think, for, you know, a 7-1 kid. He's got to have, you know, at least nine three standing reach. I mean, he's super, super long, um, and he has a really good feel for the game. So he's kind of a, a little bit of a throwback in that he's not this elite rim protector, rim runner type, but he can score on the block. He can facilitate a little bit, um, and he's kind of a late bloomer as well who's, you know, barely 19 years old. This is where we get to the uniqueness of this draft, that the fact that I kind of said from 9 to 35 is all the same because you've got – 
uh, DeJounte Murray and Malachi Richardson and whether it's Thon Maker and Steven Zimmerman. And I, I think any of those guys could go – not Zimmerman probably. But the other guys could pop, pop somewhere from 12 down. Uh, which, which of those do you believe in? I have two guys that I like kind of that we have in that range now who I – who I think are going to, you know, could potentially go in the top 20. I think um, Malik Beasley, okay. who I, I am a big fan of Malik Beasley. Uh, he, he plays a very simple game, but uh, he's, I think he's one of the best shooters in the draft. Catch and shoot, can operate off screens, one, two dribble pull-ups. Um, and he's a very good athlete, and he's a super, super competitor. Um, and, and one of the best people and workers in this draft uh, he's, he's a really charismatic kid. Both his parents are actors, actresses. Um, and so he's, you know, he's a, he's a joy to be around as a person, but then on top of that big time shooter athlete. And I think he's going to defend point guards kind of in the way that, you know, Avery Bradley does, um, maybe not to that level, but, uh, I, I really like him and I really like Malachi Richardson as well. Um, he's a kid who I didn't, loved you know throughout the year um the games i did watch uh and then you know when it came time to do his video uh, some of the stuff he can do in terms of footwork and ability to get to his jumper um get into a shot off the catch uh, and then the fact that he's six six with a seven foot wingspan and a good frame i think you're going to see him rise as well all right uh who's your uh i don't know if you liked him as well uh, who's your version of Norman Powell? Yeah, I, uh, I'm a, I was a huge Norman Powell guy. I live out in LA. Um, so I've, you know, I'm at pretty much every, uh, UCLA home game. And, and he was, he was one of my, you know, one of my favorite guys, um, in the draft. So I, I'm, I'm with you on the Norman Powell love. Uh, I'm not sure that, you know, this draft has that in terms of a guy who's, ready to step in in that regard, you know, an older guy. Um, but, you know, a kid I do like who I think in a few years, you know, could be somewhat similar to maybe Josh Richardson in some ways is Pat McCall from UNLV. Um, he has some seasoning, you know, he, he needs some polish. and uh, he, he wasn't even like an RSCI top 200 guy, you know, he from St. Louis. Um, he's kind of a late bloomer, but 6'7", seven-foot wingspan, uh, really guards point guards at a high level. Um, he can make shots. He can pass. Uh, he, he's just – he's got to, you know, get stronger. He's a buck 80. Um, he's got to get stronger, and he needs to play more high-level basketball just because, you know, I think that UNLV situation wasn't, wasn't ideal for him. But a couple of years down the line, I think uh, people might talk about him as a steal. All right. Mine, I mentioned earlier, it might, I think – I gotta watch him some more. Is Tyrone Wallace out of Cal? I just go back to that junior year. He had a twenty percent defensive rebounding rate and a twenty six percent assist rate and a thirty one percent usage rate. Like who does that? Yeah, no, I, I, um, I'm, I was very high on Ty Wallace as well. Uh, he's, he's got size. He can defend multiple positions. Um, I just, you know, he's ambidextrous, completely ambidextrous. Like almost every finish in the lane, floater at the rim is right-handed, actually. But um, he just, he struggles, you know, he struggles to make shots and he struggles to get by you and he kind of struggles to read the game at times. So I think 
you know, those things limited him, but I think he was kind of miscast as, as a point guard. Um, and if he is more of a defensive two combo who can make plays, you know, I think that might help him a little bit. Um, there's some things to like, no doubt. He's, I'm doing the, I really, it's the same Kelly Olynyk on Sabonis thing I'm doing to him with one of the things he loved about Powell is that he at times in his career was the go-to guy, but at other times in his career facilitated. And so you actually, I believe that he could go step into an NBA team and do exactly what he did, which is figure out how he belongs. And, you know, Wallace went from what, like a 30% usage rate his junior year when they didn't have these guys. And then they brought in Rab and they brought in Brown and he had to adjust what he was doing. And as your point is, he's probably not playing with the ball in his hands. I, I don't know. I just, that's what, there's the liking. I, I think, you know, your weaknesses are all there. We're talking about a mid-second round draft pick. If he didn't have those, maybe, uh, if he didn't have those weaknesses, then he ends up being a uh, first round pick. So that's, that's probably, you know, it's a crapshoot at that point. So Mike, uh, incredible. Incredible. Appreciate your time. You should never tell me you don't have something on the backside. Uh, I really appreciate it, and it was just a fabulous, fabulous insight. I think our fans are going to love it. Uh, anything else you want to promote? Draft Express videos, follow you on Twitter, any other fun things out there that people have got to get to get more Mike Schmitz if they want it? Uh, I mean, Draft Express, we have some more videos coming out. Um, heading to EuroCamp. Uh, today, and then going to do some USA basketball stuff with the under 18, under 17 guys, and then the draft. So just uh, stay plugged in on Twitter and on, on DX, and I'm sure you'll, there will be plenty of content coming up. And by the way, just so you know, when he says today, it uh, was a few days ago since we recorded this before he left for Europe. Uh, so just make sure that you uh, have got all his coverage there. It should be, uh, should be quite fabulous stuff. So, Mike, thanks so much for your time. Couldn't be more thankful. Uh, hope you don't feel abused, and uh, you're not going to talk trash about me as you head to Europe. <laughs> no, no, it was fun. I had a good time. Thanks Anytime. Thanks you very much. Well, that concludes Mike Schmidt's great coverage. Today's edition brought to you by the Utah MBA Online Program, the University of Utah's MBA Online Program. Make sure you check that out at utahmbaonline.com. Also, SeatGeek, promo code LOCKED for you. Check out the new Locked on Golf, getting you ready for the U.S. Open at Oakmont with an interview with Johnny Miller and more. Subscribe at iTunes or your podcatcher for Locked on Golf. Thank you very much.